Scripture for today comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, verses 1 through 6. <laughs> Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people, it is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away and you have not attended to them. So I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the ends, excuse me, where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to the fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise my shepherds up, over them, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise my shepherds up over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness on the land. In his, in his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called the Lord of our righteousness. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Bruce. Let us pray. Holy God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. Maybe you have memories like this, but I remember growing up, a couple of memories of um, a few different years when our family hosted Thanksgiving dinner. Living in West Texas, we had a lot of family around, more than could, more than could fit at one table. So maybe something like this happened in your Thanksgiving dinners as well. You can imagine the scene, putting the extra leaves in the table, you know, the dining room table that pulls apart, um, bring out a couple of wobbly old card tables, borrow a couple of folding tables, and those nice, really comfortable metal chairs from the church. You know those? And drag over anything table-like to add to the mix. What I remember vividly is that instead of having all of these tables as their own separate little sets, instead my parents dragged them all together, kind of in an L shape or maybe even a U shape to go through the whole living room, dining room, no separate kids table here. The different heights of the tables kind of covered over by a tablecloth across the seams, different chairs at different heights. You know, somebody has to sit on the piano bench, of course. 
plates, silverware, glassware, all mismatched because who has the same set of like flatware for two dozen people? But it just didn't matter. It was no better homes and gardens set up, mind you. But in my mind, it was beautiful because we all had a place at the table. Today, even though it's the Sunday right before Thanksgiving, it's also another sort of holiday, a church liturgical holiday. It is the tipping point in the church liturgical year. So for those of you who don't know, the liturgical calendar is the calendar that the church follows through different seasons. So we have different holy seasons like Advent and Epiphany and Lent and Easter and Pentecost. And all of those times coincide with a different color to celebrate. So if you are really on your game, you can watch our acolytes on any given Sunday and look at the color of their collar. That's pretty much right now the only place you might see the liturgical color. Um, but purple or blue for Advent or Lent, red for Pentecost, white or gold for Epiphany and Easter. And then there's a lot of green because in between all of these holy times in our liturgical calendar, we just call it ordinary time. I love that. It's like they ran out of names. I don't know. But anyway, ordinary time just means, oh, there's nothing real special going on. That's green. Green is ordinary time. But today, really churchy people would call this Christ the King Sunday or Reign of Christ Sunday. In the liturgical year, this is the very last Sunday of the whole year. It's a little counter to our monthly calendar as throughout the world we're kind of winding down the church year, or the regular year, sorry, the calendar year. In the church, we are just about to ramp up the year as we start the liturgical year with Advent, but today is the last Sunday of the liturgical year. The Reign of Christ Sunday is a day to be reminded and to celebrate that Christ is Lord of all. The world, the church, our lives, it's also a day that we recognize that recurring kind of paradox of faith of what already is and what is to come, what will be. It's a tension held in the idea that we celebrate that God's reign is complete in Christ, and yet we still anticipate the day that the reign of God will be recognized in every aspect of our lives. Our scripture today from Jeremiah doesn't pull any punches when it comes to calling out the behavior of leaders who have treated the people of Israel with callousness and without compassion. The prophet Jeremiah claims woe to those leaders whom he calls shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of God's pasture. 
instead of recognizing the way that God would have them lead, pulling all of the people in, creating a place for them, and treating them all with love and care, they have driven away and not attended to the people. All throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the ancient history of the Israelites, God has tried various experiments to find a good leader for God's people, a proper guide or a shepherd. From tribal leaders like Abraham and Isaac and Moses, to the judges, to the kings like David, There have been good leaders and then not so good. Hence the calling out by the prophets of some of this um, behavior in the scripture today. And so God makes a promise that there will be a day when a Savior will rise up and tenderly gather all of God's children again and give them all a place and will care for them. And this is the tension. The tension for us today as we claim and celebrate that this Savior has already come to us in Christ, and yet, even as God has filled God's, fulfilled God's promise, we still wait for Christ to be Lord of all. On Saturday evenings, mostly through Facebook, um, but I think on our conference website as well, our conference's bishop, Bishop Karen, puts out a message to all of the conference and all of the clergy, just a Saturday night message, praying for all of the churches in our Mountain Sky Conference as we prepare to gather together for worship. Last evening in her message, she was lamenting that as our denomination is going through shifts and changes, individual congregations in the United Methodist Church all across the country and across the world are choosing to leave the United Methodist Church. The leaving is mainly around Differences in theological beliefs, specifically whether or not to ordain those who might be LGBTQ. And she writes, I believe that theological diversity has been a strength of Methodism. Wesley, meaning John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, built into the Methodist movement communal accountability along with personal holiness. This did not mean that everyone thought the same, but instead found deepening spirituality through holy conferencing. And we too in our faith growing, in our faith growing, we are in holy conversation with those who think differently from us, but whom we nonetheless understand are being faithful. So we can love alike, even though we might not think alike. She goes on to say, relationships matter. It's why there's this incredible diversity in our pews. She writes, I've never seen in a church where everyone agreed on everything. 
Each person being a unique child of God brings their own experiences of God, their own expressions of faith, and their own orientation as to how that is expressed to the church community. We don't vote the same way. We don't watch the same news. We don't feel the same way on a myriad of issues. But in relationships as a church community, we have committed ourselves to loving one another. I know for me, that's what I have seen in my church experiences, and here at Wash Park, it is no exception. The bishop continues to write, I have come to see that our pulpits and pews are places where differences of opinion are overcome by prayer and potlucks. I love that line. These open us up to the reality of lives that are not like our own. We learn of heartache and triumphs of others and take them into our hearts as we lift them up to God. We delight in passing plates piled with favorite family food. We recognize that we have more in common than we thought. As many of us this week prepare to gather around tables with family and friends, It is just a given these days that there will be potential tension. Sometimes gathering with families of origin and, you know, longtime family friends can be stressful because of the tension, because of the division that we often feel in our country, even among our families. People that have come from the very same places, there can be differences of thought and action. And we have choices about how we deal with those tensions. We can let them divide us. We can pull our tables apart and identify with only those that fit around our defined edges. Or we can find a different way a way that honors the tension, the already and the not yet, but that doesn't give up. I do want to add a caveat. This absolutely, there are times that we need to speak up and not allow others to be harmed or belittled. But you know when Uncle Joey's just talking on and talking on and just getting on your nerves, that doesn't always mean you need to get in an argument with him. There are other times when a deep breath is needed. Let's just practice it now so you'll be ready when the time comes. Right? Ready? A deep breath, a turn to curiosity instead of reaction, a time to weigh in your own heart whether your words or actions might be more divisive or harmful than helpful. And I pray for you in those moments that might come this week and in this holiday season. So as we go into this particular week of Thanksgiving festivities, let us remember to breathe and to hold in our hearts gratitude 
in a way that invites in instead of separating out. Let's take those mismatched tables and smush them all together in celebration of God's love that connects us and in anticipation that even our simple acts of inclusion can move the whole world closer to to the day when we are all all gathered together in Christ's holy care. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.